0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of the Joy Pad Podcast. It is Thump Day, it is Recording Day. I didn't say greetings of the day. Ah, oh well.
1: Missed opportunity. Yeah,
0: there, there <laughs> it was. I am one of four hosts. I am Mike Pinto, and I'm going to talk about my beverage before I pass along to someone else. I tonight am drinking. Only the finest dew harvested from the clearest mountaintops. Mountain dew. <laughs> and, oh, look at that just terrible, unnatural color flowing out. It's delicious. Anyways, I'm going to pass it to Megan. What are you drinking? How are you feeling? What have you been playing? Etc.
1: Uh, what am I drinking? I have the finest, uh, Aquafina bottled water. Uh, some type of water, or, uh, you know, leaf water that I drink typically. Anyway, I I decided to jump back into Hotline Miami. Um, The Last of Us 2 really made me want to play it, because there's a nice little scene where the character is playing the game on a PlayStation Vita, which I think is a nice little touch. Um... It's a fun game. I haven't played it in a while. Super violent for, like, a top-down, like, pixelated graphic-style game. But Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm feeling pretty okay, feeling better, back into gaming. So, yeah, that that's what I have going on. Tom, how are you doing? What are you drinking? What are you playing?
2: Ah. Oh. Thanks. I'm, I'm doing just dandy. Uh, I'm drinking the same thing I'm drinking every time we record this podcast. <laughs> Seven million energy drinks. Yet another rain total body fuel. Uh, I've actually cut down on my energy drink consumption. So uh, this is, I think, the first energy drink I've had all week. Uh, wow. It's mostly been coffee for me when I've needed it. Um, I have not been doing super well. I'm a little bit under the weather. I am... Uh, Full of mucus, which is just wonderful. That's hot. Um, But that's part of why I'm not having so many energy drinks. I haven't been playing all that much, to be honest, just because uh, over the holiday weekend, I did get a little bit sick, and I ended up sleeping for a whole day. But I've been playing a little bit of Rocket League with Fleming and Pinto, uh, some War Thunder, and I actually played a little bit of uh, Tricky Towers for the first time uh, the other day. Uh, I saw it on YouTube and thought, oh, this looks interesting. I'll give it a shot. It's like five bucks on Steam. I think it even had a Steam sale deal. It was fun. It's kind of uh, Tetris, but you actually have to balance things instead of letting them be able to hang out on a limb on their own. And it takes a lot of reorienting your own perception to balance, because you'll you'll find yourself still expecting things to actually land uh, Tetris style, and then everything will fall over and screw up your game. Uh, so that's funny Um, and I actually purchased uh, a bundle of grand strategy games so Hearts of Iron 4 Imperator Rome uh, Europa Universalis 4 and Stellaris Uh, I've played approximately 10 minutes of Hearts of Iron 4 uh, at which point I looked at the screen and went what is happening here I have no idea how to play this game (laughs) Uh, and then had to go do something else so I still don't know how to play said game Uh, (laughs) but uh, that's primarily Bennett. Uh, my wife and I are still playing through, uh, oh, I forget the name of the game right now. Final the Outer Worlds. Worlds. The Outer Worlds. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> everyone remembers because it's what I've been playing for the last like month and a half. But we we didn't really make any significant progress this weekend just because uh, the text is so tiny.
1: Yeah. Can we
2: have a minute to talk about that? It's Tiny yeah. text in games, even on big TVs. Hurts my head.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
2: Um, So anyway, that's it for me. Uh, As usual, I've rambled on way too long. (laughs) Mr. Mike Fleming, how are you doing? What are you drinking? What are you playing? How is the world today in this world today?
3: (laughs) The world is good. I am good. I'm a little nervous, though. I am actually drinking a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. And to give everyone context, it is currently July 9th of 2020. And I probably bought this, like... October of last year. I found it in the back of my fridge. I haven't tried it yet. So we're going to have a test test, uh, sip live. (laughs) It's a little bit, uh, it's a little
1: bit, um, I don't know how to describe it. Spectacular. Not good.
0: Octobery. It's it's weird for July. It's a, weird year. July. <laughs> it's a
3: it, yeah. It tastes like it tastes like 2019. let just it
1: tastes it
2: like pack. it was bottled in <laughs> air that never felt the sweet embrace of COVID 19. Oh boy. That's true. This
1: this <laughs> definitely doesn't
3: have the Rona. Pre COVID demonetized on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I have that. I'm actually the the thirsty boy tonight. I've got some uh leaf tea and some sparkling water and some regular water as well. If I Need to dip into that. So I've got a lot of beverages, and I've also uh, been playing a lot of games, actually. So Pinto uh, failed to mention that we just finished A Way Out this past weekend. Not going to lie, I got a little bit teary-eyed. It's uh, definitely a hard game to get through. Won't spoil it, because I know, Tom, you're interested now in playing it. We both Um, got
0: very upset, though.
3: Yeah, we both got very upset. I definitely it, it impacted me quite a bit so we just finished that we actually recorded it so people that hear this podcast look on our youtube channel it should be there around the time that someone listens to this i assume um, we'll see but it should be posted there at some point um i've also been playing hearts of iron 4 um, as well uh, as tom did but longer than 10 minutes um, i mentioned that i don't know if i mentioned on the podcast but the game is is a grand strategy game which in a Paradox game, which in particular is a very complicated game. People watch like hours of tutorials. Computers, the way they play, the AI plays it really strange. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to touch this game. But then I realized and remembered one of the great things about Paradox games is there's a lot of mods. So I actually installed the Great War mod, which allows me to play 19 fort or you start 1910 and you go actually all the way through World War 2 they basically extended the game through this mod um yeah really cool Tom I would definitely recommend you check that out um makes the game really interesting the only downside is that like your movement of territory during war doesn't change much you're just sitting there watching effectively nothing and waiting until people get beaten down in the first couple years of of the Great War but really interesting um and uh I haven't played Rocket League as well. I've been playing a lot of Rocket League, actually. Definitely been like, loving that game recently. So, uh, good for me. Um, but anyway, I think that's everything I've been doing. Um, so, Pinto, back to you. What what have you been playing, aside from A Way Out? You didn't mention.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, we played A Way Out. Megan and I went back to The Last of Us 1. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> that was funny, because... Uh, <laughs> Megan took the first shift on our last recording session, which we discovered that even though The Last of Us 2 plays very similar to The Last of Us 1, it's much
1: more refined. Yeah, like The Last of (laughs) Us is so clunky.
0: Yeah, it was like, this is so clunky. I hate this. Why isn't this working?
1: (laughs) I got so mad.
0: Yeah, she died probably about four times. Um, Unfortunately, that... uh, video footage is corrupted so you won't get to see angry megan we'll have to Aww. do that over maybe at some
1: point well,
0: I, i'm disappointed you yeah. know corrupt
3: footage is like the worst thing it's like a you know content creator's nightmare
0: yeah it sounds like she was talking to me from um 20 feet away through like a sheen of water i don't know uh, what happened you know, to the audio social so, distancing. are you sure she
2: wasn't maybe <laughs> she sounded
0: fine my life initially yeah uh,
2: I often like to speak through sheens of water. I understand.
0: What else have we been playing besides that? I I am still on the War Thunder train much more than uh, Fleming and Tamar, who have switched their allegiances back to Rocket League. Of course, Song of Horror. God, like, it's a, it's a scary game, but it's very slow-paced, and it's very atmospheric. So it's interesting. Although when your characters die, you get really upset because there's permadeath. <laughs> Ooh. So you get to choose from a pool of, like, three or four characters, and then you mess up and you get someone killed, and you're like, oh, no, I didn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't want that to happen. Like, my first character, I mentioned uh, in the first episode, I made her fall out a window by mistake. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, God. Is and it... Oops, sorry.
1: You fool. Go ahead, Megan. Is it? Is it, like, in the same... Way is like Heavy Rain, where it changes the story, or you can still continue and have the same story regardless of what character you're playing with?
0: You still uh, continue playing and have the same story regardless. Okay. There's only one main character who you cannot get killed. Got it. Like, and if you happen to get all the characters killed, you just have to start the episode over completely. Okay. Did you uh, touch any Stardew Valley? You, uh, I have you... not yet. Um, it, it's it been quite a while since I've played Stardew Valley, though Megan recently shared that the creator is working on a new patch yeah. for mm-hmm. a lot of new end oh game content, and I am super excited for that whenever that happens.
3: Yeah, that's why I brought it up. I, I saw that too, and I was like, I'm just so excited for that to come out.
0: I, I, I did mention, I said, I kind of hope it's going to be like a little while, because I've finally broken my Stardew addiction for now. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I definitely get that. The (laughs) one nice thing, though, is he's never, like, introduced, like, skins or other things that you can, like, have to purchase. Like, people mod the game, but you don't have, like, extra stuff. Microtransactions. Yeah, a lot of microtransactions Mm -hmm. keep the game going, which is really nice.
1: And I'm sure he could sell it, too. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. Because people mod that game all the time.
2: I'll be extremely happy if it were just an update that changed corn juice to whiskey. That's all I want. (laughs) That's all I want.
0: Not even potatoes to vodka. He's also, also going to be I, adding I would bananas. Like that. I don't
3: know if you guys saw. I yeah, did I saw see that. that. In, so. People
0: voted on that yeah. on which fruit tree should be the next to go in. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that.
3: I want. I love that.
0: Banana. <laughs> so it is my turn to bring up the the main topic of conversation this episode. And I kind of wanted for all of us to take a little bit of a step out of the comfort of our homes because I want to talk about arcade games this week. Whoa. We're all around the same age, you know, 30. We kind of didn't live through the boom era of arcades.
1: Yeah. We came around
0: at like when arcades were kind of starting to die off. But man, I loved arcades when I was younger and I still love them now. It's mm-hmm. just, there. you can't find them anywhere. Because back when arcades were super popular, they were on the cutting edge of technology. Games came out in arcades first before they got ported to home consoles. Now it's like, if someone wants to have an arcade cabinet, it's like, well, just buy a PS5, or a PS4, put it in there and build an arcade cabinet around it. Almost.
1: I love a good arcade.
0: I know. There's so many games that... I play in arcades that are just like embedded in my memory. The House of the Dead trilogy. Mm-hmm. Any any game that had gun peripherals, basically. Yes. And that's that's what I was gonna say. So the
3: the there there are still arcades, but they typically have other things associated to them, like you right. know, skee ball. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's like sport kind of games like that or like mm-hmm. you know the arcade is like secondary to the other things like at uh, a D- movie D- dave and Buster's, yeah, yeah dave and busters yeah. for example makes most of their money through their alcohol sales which is the parents that are sitting there letting their kids play while they're drinking around that like right. that bar or whatever <laughs> and driving um, their
0: children home way to
3: go yeah. parents
1: well even you know, the games i'm just saying
3: that that's the kind of thing that you see now
1: yeah, and those games are they're ticket based games. Like they're not yeah, the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you you might find the games that we played as kids growing up, but I I think,
2: and maybe you guys will agree with me, maybe not, but I think the best arcade games were the ones that had a semi realistic peripheral. So, for example, the gun peripherals, mm-hmm. uh, House Crisis. of the Dead, Time Crisis. Yeah. Um, my favorite Silent Scope. Um, I that too. it's okay. been my. It's been my dream as an adult since before I was an adult to own a Silent Scope 2 machine. Uh, I actually because <laughs> I love... owns
3: one. That's funny you say that. Yeah, he... oh, I don't know if he one. still does, but he used to own one.
2: But like even the driving games too, right? Cruisin' yeah. USA. Yeah.
1: Uh.
3: Those are the kind of games, though, that are the ones you'd find like, that, that still would do well with those arcades. The biggest problem is, one, they have a massive footprint. You know, there are yep. huge games. I like, think those driving games that have the full, like, stick and you're sitting in something. Or even worse, like the um, old Star Wars, I think it was called Rogue Squadron um, machine, where it was like you're basically yeah. sitting in a TIE Fighter-looking thing or something like that. Those have a massive footprint for the stores. When you think about it, kids that, you know, are there, that are playing through the game, one kid, maybe two, depending on the game, like a like time crisis, can play at a time. So that's not a lot of kids you can get in that space. So... Mm-hmm. I understand why, in that regard, those games just didn't work. But those, from my perspective, are the ones that, you know, you wouldn't have in your house. You can't afford that kind of space.
2: You know, the the thing, though, too, with an arcade and even home use of, like, an arcade machine is also the maintenance. Yes. So every machine has a different maintenance protocol. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, every machine has different peripherals. So, you know, unless you have one person that's very highly skilled in maintaining all of those different machines, you're almost bound to encounter an issue where something's going to break and you need to fix it. And the maintenance cost is eventually going to exceed the lifetime value of the machine. You know, I, I understand where that makes it a difficult kind of situation to own and maintain that sort of thing, too. but they're just so fun. They're just so, they're so different from like a controller experience, you know?
0: And I, I think the other thing too, is there are certain games, like a lot of the games, well, almost all arcade games were designed to try and make money. They were super hard Mm -hmm. by design. Mm -hmm. So you would keep pumping quarters into them. Like some of my favorites are the old, like side scrolling beat-em-ups like the Simpsons game. Or the, yeah. Arca- or the X-Men game. And oh, yeah. I bought those years ago for my PlayStation 3. You can play them online on PS3 and have just mm. random, random people jump in and play. But because you're not pumping quarters into it, it doesn't feel the same. Also, you're playing with random people online. You're not like playing with some stranger who like you get to high-five when you beat the game and suddenly <laughs> you're best friends and you go <laughs> eat pizza together. I'm not speaking well, from th- experience or anything. <laughs>
2: It, it takes some of the element of the weight of your win or loss your out accomplishment. Of it too. yeah
0: it's like I beat this game in two dollars <laughs>
2: yeah well well part of it was like when you would go to the arcade you'd have a specific amount of money with you it's almost like going to the casino you have yeah. a certain amount of money that you're gonna go in and lose right <laughs> yeah I, I specifically remember like getting a, a number of tokens and I remember playing the x-men game with my dad at uh, a family. I think it was called Family Grand Prix in in Redding. And uh, we just, we played the crap out of it. We didn't really get super far because we were still trying to figure it out as we played too, because the other element of an arcade is you don't own the game. It's probably months between the last time you've played the game, Mm -hmm. unless you're showing up every day. So you're relearning it every time, which means you suck every time you play it, unless you're there all the time. (laughs) So, you know, we're just feeding the machine quarters and having a, a great time once you're out of quarters, you're out of quarters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they started um, and to you introduce, had to...
3: Um, sorry, Tom, they started to introduce, like, hourly passes, or something like that, where yes. as soon as you enter it, all their systems are connected, all their games, so, like, you open up at 8 p.m., you're gonna be able to play any game until 9 p.m., and as soon as you hit that point, when you try to rescan, like, if if you die or something, you can't play any longer.
1: Yeah, there's a an arcade in our state called Timeline, um, it's, what, three hours from us, Pinto?
0: Was it? It was about, yeah, about three, three hours. Three or
1: four hours. Uh, but timeline, same thing. You you purchase essentially a card, and you can buy a, an hour, or you can buy a whole day where you just go and slide the card, which I think is great.
2: That's that's fun, but what stops someone from just sitting at the same machine for a full hour?
1: Absolutely well, that's, nothing.
3: That's the whole point that I was talking about with the footprint. Like, if you, yeah. if you like, for example, I remember, the last time I really remember Arcade, like arcades as a whole being very popular was probably around like the, the dance dance revolution time. Frame. Oh man. I was that, pretty dope oh, with that game, man. Well, but that like, the nice thing about that was that it enticed people to watch and go into mm-hmm. the arcade. You know, they would put that like, I, I know, um, park city mall. I don't care. I'll tell people basically the mall I go to, but that <laughs> mall years and years ago, um, it had a, when it we were still in college well no i mean i still i still have gone there once in a while but they had an arcade on the like right next to the food court which is i think where the arcades do best because then people would be sitting there they'd be having their cheeseburger from burger king or whatever they would eat and they would look over and dance dance revolution was right at the front you walk like you take two steps inside and there's a group of people watching other people play and i remember that when i was younger you know, and being out this way, I would, you know, I would see people that are, um, that are just, like, playing, and I would just, like, watch them and then want to walk over to the arcade. Even if I didn't want to play that, I would go in and play maybe another game that was in there, like the shooter, mm-hmm. shooting games or something. So that kind of game, for, like, from my recollection, was really, like, the last time, the last gasp before they started to go down. Um, and, and you've seen that, like, even big companies... Uh, have given up on them. So a couple of years ago now, it probably was like 2013. I might be off on the exact timing, but somewhere around there. um, Disney World at their now called Disney Springs Resort. So we'll just call it Disney Springs. um, They had a a place called um, Disney Arcade. Oh God. It was something like that. Um, I forget. It'll come back to me at some point. But they had like an arcade there where they had a lot of cool, like, you know, pre-virtual reality kind of games. And they shut that down because it wasn't doing very well anymore. No and they shut them down in, I think they, had, they were trying to play, put them up in different places years before that. So, like, they had one, I think, in Chicago, which they shut down a few years prior. So, even the one in Disney World, where like everybody's going to be willing to spend money on stupid stuff, um, especially when they're in like a shopping mall area, you know, they just closed it down. They said, no, it's not working for us anymore. And they just shut it down. You're seeing all of those kind of things close. I'm sure the one at the. Park City Mall, if it's still there, is closed at this point.
2: Well, it's, it, it's funny you say that, and I know you mentioned earlier about Dave & Buster's. Um, I think, realistically, we're at the very least seeing the standalone arcades start to struggle. Uh, I think the models of the Dave & Buster's succeed a little bit more because they offer the restaurant dining experience at mm-hmm. the same time. And then the arcade is more of a novelty to kind of accompany that. So you can have like yeah. I I know for me uh, there was a place called the Works near my uh, my parents' house, uh, which was a similar experience to Dave and Buster's. They're just not called Dave and Buster's. You know it was great. Like I think it was the second date I took my now wife on was out to the the Works. We went and had dinner, and then we went and drove. Uh, they also had a go kart track, so we oh, did a go kart track. Oh nice. Uh, And then played some arcade games. So it was really fun. I was
3: going to say, they have to make, arcade standalone just don't work anymore. They have to be an experience. And food and beverage, especially like alcoholic beverages, is how Dave & Buster's, for example, stays in business. You've seen, um, again, with with COVID-19, with the shutdowns that we've had, Chuck E. Cheese, I believe, has already announced multiple closures, if not a full bankruptcy. And they're the other big arcade, but they focus on children. You know, Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to survive based on the fact that Let's be honest, children are dirty. Children are gross. They're going to spread germs. People aren't <laughs> going to go back there very quick. So, yeah, I think that an arcade has to be the novelty and the idea of, like, a racetrack or something. I went to a place in uh, Baltimore um, called Autobahn, um, which was a, a racetrack kind of thing. You would, you know, ride uh, go-karts, basically, and this big thing. And they had a small arcade there. It was a couple, couple things off to the side of the racetrack, so, like, you could watch your friends, or if your friends were, like, getting their instructions or whatever, getting ready to race, you could sit there and you could play those games. And then when they finally race, you could leave them, but they're making a couple dollars there every time. And you're not likely to sit on a machine for hours and hours too, which is also helpful.
2: I just, I think it's, it's probably the actual money, like you said, is made on the alcohol sales. And then it's just kind of like a bonus to have the machines. Yep. Um, the interesting thing about the works was at least for a while, they would, they even had like a period of time where they would like close the children so, like, it used to be a pretty decent, like, teen hangout spot. Because that was, you know, that was the thing. You're a teenager, you can't go, go into clubs and drinking and stuff like that. But you can go to an arcade. Yeah. So, you, you know, that's one Coca-Cola. of the...
3: Coca-Cola. Not yeah, sports, get that.
2: some coca <laughs> Get some Coca-Cola's and play Time Crisis, you know. <laughs> so, you know, that along with, like, roller rinks and stuff like that were the kind of things, you know, there was a, a, a laser tag next door too so different facility but sit right next door so you know those kind of things are all right there you know that's kind of hitting that demographic that's right between kind of like 12 and 18 say more on the lower end of that side honestly um, but you know when you add the alcohol then you expand that audience mm-hmm. um, and you can really kind of make your money but, but the games are of universal appeal which is the great part Um, And I would say, you know, even a lot of that stuff with the peripherals, the driving games, I mean, while they appeal to adults and children alike, uh, I think those are definitely a big appeal to people who can't get a license yet because it lets you get the actual feel of getting your hands on a steering wheel and a gas pedal and all that kind of stuff. I I, I love it for that. I mean, I, I still love those kinds of games and I will still gladly go play those kinds of games. Um, But I wonder if, you know, the more limited appeal compared to, you know, something that crosses over to older, older folks like us who've been driving for over a decade. Um,
0: (laughs) I like driving.
1: (laughs) I'll still play Cruise in USA. (laughs) Yeah, me
0: too.
2: (laughs) <laughs> but will you but will you play twenty dollars worth of cruise in usa yeah. that's, no, that's
1: probably awesome. not twenty dollars no. i'll probably no. play like yeah. five
0: bucks worth of cruise in usa because don't you Tapper, remember for sure you could like hit the animals and they'd explode into meat chunks all over your windshield <laughs> <laughs> i don't because i'm not an awful person <laughs> i didn't do it on purpose you, i was man. just a terrible driver
1: <laughs> still are well, uh, coincidentally, oh, Megan, I was just
0: about to say, I've only got one accident on my record. Thank you. And I've never hit an animal. <laughs>
3: um, I uh, I want to extend the conversation a little bit um, to include land centers. They've also, you know, went away. Uh, in America. Yeah. In America. Yeah. So this is, it's an American podcast. It's an American thing. So in America, they've basically gone away. And I think it's because of the rise of the internet. So mm-hmm. like. Almost everybody has internet now. I know some people don't, and so, as we've talked about on podcasts. Some people do not have that, but those places aren't, aren't going to have a land center, you know. So you're yeah. not really seeing them in America anymore, and it's because people want to just play on their computer and play their own games. Um, in fact, the land centers you see, land centers if you will, are taking place at like big events like Comic Cons or um, uh, uh, E3, uh, Dream Dreamhack E3. Thank you. You know those kind of events or where you're going to see a big land center, because what they do is yeah. they charge you the $100 entry pass and then a $50 or, like, a $100 land center pass so you could play some games while you're there, maybe enter their their tournament while you're there. Um, but, like, I remember years ago, back in, like, 2004, 2005, land centers were, like, huge, because, like, internet wasn't as good then, and, like, mm-hmm. you couldn't afford, you know, the people that were playing, like, Counter-Strike, you couldn't afford the really nice machines. So, like, the if you went to the... The LAN center, the local LAN, you know, you would have uh, the best possible machines and, you know, a great internet connection and you could put yeah. all five of your friends against five other people and, like, you could, you know, wager a hundred bucks and whichever team got it wins and stuff like that. So, like, that stuff's just gone away now with the rise of the internet, online leagues, in that case, and, you know, like you said, who really wants to spend uh, per hour, or per event, or per mission, like, just you know, 20, 30 bucks when, like, they could just buy the console. I, I, and especially because they've gotten so cheap.
2: I, I think it's funny that you say that because there's actually at least one or two uh, gaming PC cafes in my neighborhood that are relatively new. And it might be because I live in a neighborhood with a high Korean population and they're more common in, in Korea. Yeah. Um, but I don't live in Korea. I live in Texas. So... You visited Korea, um, and you, you know the situation yeah. in Korea. There's tons well, of them I've... everywhere. I I spent a decent amount of time in what is known as the Pishibong, even though it sounds really weird. That's what they're called, um, where they have the gaming computers. um, And I did not have an internet connection for my first week and a half when I was living in Korea. So, you know, I would go there and. Call my parents on Skype. <laughs> that was what I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they had all the peripherals there. The computers were set up really nicely. All I had to do is ask the guy behind the counter for like a, a webcam, which I did, and uh, I would download Skype on the computer, which was fine. Uh, could I log into my BattleNet account? No, because it was Korean BattleNet, so it wouldn't <laughs> let me. Um, so I couldn't really take advantage of any of the gaming, um, but it was really interesting and and really widely used um i mean there were like teenage girls that were there there were teenage guys that were there there were older um you know older gamers younger gamers and they they offer like food and drink the entire time you're there too which is really cool so and i don't know i i think being a foreigner there kind of they were catering to me because they were like, "Hey, foreign guys here. That means we're money. cool." <laughs> no, they were like, "That means we're cool." So if they oh. see him here, they'll bring in more people. You should have gone free uh, kind of trend.
3: No, I paid like everybody else. Yeah, no. fine. <laughs> so, so Pinto, why why bring this up? Like, is there a nostalgic, you know, event or something for you? A memorable event that like it,
0: you know makes you think of them? I mean, not really. A couple years ago, for Megan's birthdays, when we went to that place that she mentioned and I forgot the name of already. Timeline. Thank you. Uh, it was also on top of like a gaming store, which oh, was really was, cool. Oh, it was yeah. Because the guy there was so nice and like he was. They weren't busy, which was kind of a shame. Did we go on a weekend? I don't. I don't. Yeah, really we went on a
1: weekend. I'm pretty sure um but yeah it was like a like retro gaming shop they sold well they had current gen but the big appeal was like old cartridge games
0: yeah that's awesome the guy there was really nice and like Mm -hmm. we went downstairs we were like we need to go get food and we just went in like after we had spent an hour and they were like hey like what's a good restaurant around here (laughs) he was like oh just go around the block there's a really good pizza place yeah, but we spent all day there and it wasn't even like the greatest arcade to be honest with you. No. But it was it was still a lot of fun.
1: And they had the uh, the essentials. They had what Tapper?
0: Uh, yep, Tapper. That's usually Rampage. one of my games of choice, Rampage.
1: A ton of pinball.
0: A Lots, ton of pinball. Yeah.
2: You know it's funny you say that. Um I actually went to go visit a good friend of mine Nate out in Portland, Oregon, um 2015. Uh, and one of the highlights of the trip was an arcade in Portland, and I could not tell you the name of the arcade, but it was a similar setup where they had a bunch of retro games, mm-hmm. a couple newer games, and then upstairs was nothing but pinball, yeah, um, and and like older kind of pinball machines and some newer. Um, but it was it was so much fun, and I mean to be honest with you, it was pretty heavily utilized. Like there were a good number of people there like on a thursday um and you know younger younger people who are coming to spend their money at this arcade and mm-hmm. just have a good time so I, I i almost wonder if the arcade's not dead and it's just kind of the mega arcade that we got a little bit more used to or saw a little bit more of in the mid mid 90s right uh, kind of situation and really i guess how it's in the in the just before covid uh, era of the t- 2000s 2020s um the situation kind of evolved to the point where it's more of either like the niche kind of hole in the wall place where it's somebody who's accrued some cabinets and some pinball machines mm-hmm. um or you know it's a Dave and Buster's where they're doing the synergy of you know dining and and gaming um it's which is almost I mean, thinking about it right now, it's almost like what a casino is, right? Yeah. yeah. Except that they're making way more money on the games. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, they're, ma- they're making, uh, they don't make all, they make most of their money, casinos, from my understanding, on the, the beverages and, and the like, too. But the thing there is that they're guaranteed effectively to not lose money on those machines. Right. So they do much better. It's funny, we're almost getting into like a, a business kind of conversation. And I, I was going to ask you guys from a business perspective, if you think that, so I think we all agree that the way they're actually going to make their money is through food and beverages and the like. So they need to have some kind of restaurant. But do you guys think a, um, almost like a gym membership kind of thing would be more effective for a, um, you know, an arc, I'll say arcade, but we've talked other things. Like obviously the food and stuff wouldn't be included. Maybe you get a 10% discount. I don't know. making something up, but it's a way to get people to not feel discomfort with
0: the the cost of games, and also if people don't come in like a gym, you're making your money that way. I just wanted to say that I think the pr- the problem with that that I would see is that you would have to con constantly be either rotating your stock or getting new mm-hmm. games in
1: consistently. Yeah.
2: Or or have something that people will just continue to come back to. Yeah. Uh. Which. I think there was an option like that at that arcade I went to in Portland, mm-hmm. um, which was not I think they had like a drink bar or something and maybe some light snacks. But you know, they weren't heavy on the the food option or, you know, I think they had a bar, like a, a relatively light bar. But you know, they weren't heavy on sales that way. So I think they were more focused towards the games, and probably they were trying to seek that. But they also had, Um, some of the more, you know, competitive games and they had a lot of the pinball and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 am trying to scratch my brain for like something that I would see as, you know, a game that people are going to keep coming back to, to like, uh, try and beat their high score or that just offers that kind of continuous experience where you, you know, kind of need to keep playing it every day or that would remember you or something like that.
1: I had um, a pretty cool experience last year. Uh, I went to Savannah to see one of my friends, and she took me to this local like bar restaurant place called um, Chromatic Dragon, and it was a, a video game, board game restaurant. So you would go in, you would decide, do you want to play board games, video games? And they had just flat screen TVs all along the one wall, and in the back they had a huge like table with a projector screen, and they had... The Wii, Wii U, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and then they had a catalog of games that you can choose from. So you could sit there, drink, eat food, you know, buy appetizers, and sit there and play current gen games or prior. And it was a lot of fun. Like it was a huge. Like I can see places doing more of that now with greater appeal, um, as opposed we have, to we have a restaurant like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which you see things like that cropping up more and more, which I think is kind of taking the place of you know, the arcade of our days, because, you know, like you said, Fleming, it's a huge footprint. Like you're not, you know, you have the shine game there. The maintenance is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, It just doesn't make sense to have something like that around. Yes. Nostalgia. That's great. But I I think something like this would do better now in today's market because you would have a rotating stock of games.
0: And I also think people would balk at you know, in terms of inf- inflation, we should be paying more for arcade games if arcades were to be a thing. Yeah. But if you go to an arcade and it's like, you a know, a people, yeah, people yeah. are still like a dollar for a life. I don't want to do that. It's like, yeah. dude, like that's nothing really. Well, there's even the local place. Can I offer?
1: Place... Yeah.
2: Can I offer my experience with the biggest ripoff arcade game of all time, which is the arcade version of Guitar Hero? Yeah. That charges like. <laughs> three dollars for song. one play yep. Yep. yeah and if you fail there's no like gives these backsies no you just failed that song and your three dollars is gone so don't uh don't try to
3: play through the fire and flames right
1: <laughs> I think
2: there was some sort of exclusive Steve Vai song that I thought was really cool, and I tried to play it on Expert and, like, failed at some point because I didn't really know the song.
0: I think and the whole idea behind fun. Guitar Hero in arcades was just to have, like, you know, that big dick energy where you were literally there just to show off. like 'cause Dragon had, Force. <laughs> everyone had Guitar Hero at home, so yeah. if you were, like, a pro home player, you're going to go to the arcade to show off. It's not like DDR where... I had DDR pads at home. I was that kid. I'm Asian. What do you want from me? But (laughs) like most people that... Sure, you would always have those people that were super good at DDR, but most people that went and played it were like middling or amateur. You did have the people that were super good and showed off, but that was the kind of game that for a long time you could only play in arcades until they started making dance pads that you could buy at home. Not like Guitar Hero where... I'm pretty sure the arcade versions came out far after the console versions, most likely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would love to play Taiko Drum Master in an arcade oh with that God. giant drum.
2: I would too. Um, have you not?
1: <laughs> I've I've played it the the home version. I have like the mini drum.
2: Let me tell you my favorite game at the works, which is Tycho Drum Master uh, with the giant drum there. I'm so and, jealous. Oh, my God. God it's so much I fun. I love Tycho. I, I, I love, um, like, any, again, any game with a cool, different peripheral Yeah, yeah. really works out. Top um, skater. T- oh, my God. All right. Let me tell you what game <laughs> doesn't work out.
1: <laughs> but you still want to play it, and you'll play it multiple times. Cause it looks awesome. It does. Do
3: you, uh, do you guys remember? Um, I, I don't know what they would be called. So I'm just going to say like a motocross or something where you would have like a line of motorcycles that would actually yes. like bend over for your yeah, turns and yep. stuff. Yeah. I would never ride a motorcycle. Great. Like I, I don't feel Got that me. I'd be safe and I probably wouldn't. Honestly, it's not safe. <laughs> so I don't think I ever would do that. I probably wouldn't even do like a dirt, bri- dirt bike, actual motocross kind of event or whatever. But, like, the idea of being able to hop on a row of four to eight motorcycles and compete against Mm -hmm. everybody there, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I agree with, I think, what we're all saying, that, like, if arcades want to survive and want their arcades to be part of the primary appeal uh, for people to come, you need to have those things that people can't play at home because there's no... Um, good incentive. Of, yeah, and there's no yeah. like the the footprint at your house would be too big. I actually think that the I, I haven't mentioned I mentioned it quickly, um, but you know in more detail, virtual reality I think is a good opportunity yeah. for them too because what the last thing a mom wants is two kids running back and forth playing a big virtual reality fighter game and they're punching <laughs> let's say and they punch <laughs> you know her lamp. They don't. She wouldn't want that. But if she can take them, to an arcade where he can play that or whatever while she sits there drinking a margarita or whatever <laughs> you know like she's gonna probably do that so that that i think is a good opportunity for them if you know they, the uh, virtual reality gets good enough to kind of warrant it yeah. i i
2: think we also touched on you know while the the biggest draws are always the most Interesting kind of big footprint games. I think that's also the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Because those are going to be the hardest to maintain, they take up the most space, uh, and they probably cost the most money just to acquire. So, you know, that to me is the thing that I really love about an arcade and the thing that I really want to go experience in an arcade. But like Megan said earlier, if you can just pay to have a PlayStation 4 and you can pay probably half of what it costs to have one wave race machine to have like three PlayStation fours and a library of games, because you can just put one game on one thing. And then when somebody wants to switch it, you just switch the one game between machines. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's more cost effective to do business that way. But, uh, um so I, I understand why there's the financial trouble, but I want to ride the wave race machine. <laughs> want to do it, and I don't want Chuck E. Cheese to get on the back of it this time because he messed up my concentration. Oh, oh
3: no! I just, um, I just <laughs> looked it up. So the the place um, at Disney World was called Disney Quest. I just I couldn't come back to me, but it was called Disney Quest. Uh, I still remember when I was a little kid, they had a white water rafting simulator where you basically went into this like room kind of area. It was like. Five dollars a person, so it's like twenty bucks for the thing. But you got to do this big, like white. They like basically recreated in their game, like the the river off of Niagara Falls, stuff like that. Um, they would recreate that stuff, and you'd be able to go white water rafting where it's safe for you to be doing it. But like, I, I know Tom, you you had brought the Switch to my house before I had one, and we played the mario party equivalent (laughs) imagine actually having a full paddle and like being in front of an 86 or 120 inch screen where like the four of you are playing maybe it's like an open glass thing or something where people can watch you do it so they're enticed to also do it with their friends which i think is kind of how it was you had like glass looking down into the the room that the thing was in um it's expensive and and the footprint's expensive and if those games aren't don't exist, then the company that wants that kind of thing is going to have to build it themselves. And um, I think that's the challenge. But it, it just sucks that there's not, like all the game developers have come up with these business models where it's like, I dish out a game and people buy it on their PlayStation and that's the end of it. You know, there's no, to my knowledge, arcade companies anymore. People are really building yeah. arcades. Almost every arcade game you see is a 20-year-old machine that, you know, some mm-hmm. guy is passionate about is keeping it running.
2: Interestingly, with the, the whitewater kind of machine. Uh, it just reminded me of you know being a kid and going to the Field Museum in Chicago um, with my, my family. And I remember there was one they had like a virtual reality machine there that was like a hang glider and it actually had like a, a piece that you would lay down on and then like a bar that you would grip. Uh, And the piece that you were laying down on would kind of wiggle the same (laughs) way that you kind of expect to wiggle, you know, being on your own hang glider and same with the bar. Um, And it would offer you those kind of views that you would get when you're like soaring over, you know, some sort of open um, terrain. And I, I just kind of wonder whether or not those sorts of machines, which are fun, also maybe a little bit educational, but more kind of virtual reality oriented, but with big peripherals, if the destiny of those things is going to be in something like a museum. Um, Because one thing, you know, another experience is going to the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia where they have a a rather large area set up for just kind of like virtual reality sports games. And I don't even know if I would call it virtual reality because a lot of it uses actual props Mm you know if you ever watched like nick arcade back in the day yeah 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 where they would kind of green screen you onto something and and you would have to jump around things it's sort of that experience mm-hmm. but i don't know i i kind of wonder if that's going to be the real future of the peripheral heavy arcade game <laughs>
3: maybe Maybe that would be yeah. What happens.
1: Yeah, I could see more places opening up for more of like a virtual reality experience. Like there's a local resort here that does some kind of VR experience every so many months. Like they had a, an underwater thing where you were actually in a pool with a snorkel, but you had on a headset while you were like swimming around with fish and sharks. Um, or they did. It was like a zombie experience where it was this entire room that would be the parameters of the map. So, like, the actual wall would be the wall in World, and there was a second level where you would get onto, like, an elevator um, and go up, and again, it was just the size of the room, which is pretty cool. So, I think as that advances, maybe you'll see it more.
2: Was that all, like, headset-based?
1: Yeah, headset, and uh, I believe the zombie experience, you wore some kind of vest, and you had a, like, a gun peripheral that you would carry around and shoot with. The pool was just the headset. Okay.
2: I mean that's interesting. I, I saw something similar on uh, a Vice TV show. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of you may have seen it before. Uh, Most Expensivist yes. starring Two Chains, <laughs> um, but he went on a, a VR experience where they had like a vest and the gun and the VR headset kind yeah. of thing in a room, um, and it seems really cool. I mean, I I hope it was really cool, Megan, because it sounds really cool. No, it was. Um, but I, I I almost wonder if that also is supplanting arcade games, uh, and arcade machines because, again, pay for one set of goggles, mm-hmm. load X amount of programs onto it. it it's got to be cheaper over time than yeah. continuously buying new boxes and, and uh, machines. Especially with which, repair. Exactly. And, and they're probably more robust. You know? yeah. Even if you have someone throwing around in a, a zombie you know, simulation and they smash their goggles on the <laughs> ground, you know,
3: it sounds like I think we're all saying that the, um, the old arcades, the, the Mrs. Pac or Miss Pac Man and uh, all those kind of old ones that were single use games, they're just they're more of a hobby now for people. They're more of like people maybe a couple years older than us, probably closer to like 40, 10 or so years older, um, are more the people that are gonna keep arcades, if you will, alive. And that's because they have the disposable income and they want to purchase those machines themselves. Sorry, Penta. They're not coming back.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. It's just, like, another thing is, like, the social aspect of it. Because, you know, we always talk about, like, we have the most fun when we're playing games together, generally. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that remotely. But, like, I love couch co-op like when tom was up visiting and we were all playing mario party together with amy Fleming. Yep. like we were all having a great time when i go over to megan's which she lives half an hour away i haven't seen her in person in like six months covid yeah i i went and stood on her porch for a half hour the other day um
1: it was nice Aww. Aww. <laughs> that's good but like
0: you know we play board games together all the time or we'll play games on the switch and i make everyone in the room hate me when we play smash
1: Or you'll watch me yell as I play a scary game in VR.
0: Yeah, it's like that that social aspect is something that I still think is so valuable in games in general. Yeah. And arcades were a big part of that, because like I said, you're sitting there, you're playing House of the Dead by yourself. There's a second gun there. Some total, complete stranger could walk up and play it with you. And you're like, awesome, someone's playing a game with me. You don't know each other, but you're still having a good time, you know? The same thing with the side-scrolling beat-em-ups. You're sitting there by yourself playing it, and, like, three other people that you don't know can just walk up. You all beat to beat the game together. You're like, hey, awesome job, guys. You high-five, and then you go eat pizza. Maybe not together. But, like, you just have this bonding experience with a stranger because you I were mean- playing
2: games. It it brings it brings people together, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, I can specifically tell you that when I was at that arcade in in Portland, um, you know, my friend Mark and I were there, and we kind of went off on our own. But I was playing this one game, and I kind of like ran out of quarters and had to go get some more from the change machine. But two of the guys that I didn't know that were playing with me were like. Hey man, uh don't lose out. Here's some quarters. You know, just keep going. And like they weren't asking me to pay them back or anything. Yeah. They just we were having fun playing the game and they wanted to keep playing with an extra teammate. So, you know, it was it was really cool. Like you don't often see that kind of thing at a lot of a lot of spots, you was, know. If you're at a go-kart track even, someone's not giving you 20 bucks to get in the cart with them.
1: Yeah, it, it was a definite community for sure. Like some of my favorite gaming memories like at the end of the school year, my dad would take me and my brother to a local place that's now gone called Top Dog, and we would oh, just sit and play dog. games for like an hour or two. And like, rarely did I ever really play games with my dad after a certain point, but it was just like a good memory or our local mall. I would sit and play Marvel vs. Capcom 2 with my friend, and we'd unlock Carnage and just, you know, fight each other and fight other people.
2: Wasn't, weren't like arcades in random spots a treat too yeah like, i always remember going to a movie theater uh and if we had time to kill before a movie or after a movie and you would see like it even just a decent machine right like you would see a random time crisis or uh, honestly even if i saw like big buck hunter i would get yeah. a little bit excited because just playing some sort of like game for a little bit of time um where you know i could try something new and exciting and and flashy and fun out
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, well I had nothing else to do and it didn't cost much great. You know, big, no. yeah a couple bucks big whatever. Game Hunter
3: costs like 50 cents or something like that per, like effectively life I guess if you miss your shot I forget exactly how it works but you know you could play it for the 10 minutes you had and if you end up losing eh whatever it was 50 cents and my movie's starting anyway you know, oh no get-
0: <laughs> I didn't get the buck well time to go eat popcorn and watch Finding Nemo <laughs> My life is hard
3: Yeah, exactly <laughs> Exactly
2: But I mean, even like ice skating rinks I remember going ice skating Yeah um, with Bowling like, alleys Bowling yeah. alleys um, And you know, even if, if they have a retro machine I mean, I remember being a kid and always preferring the newer games Because that's how I was as a kid But today, if I see Space Invaders I'm gonna go play freaking oh, Space sure. Invaders, man Dig Dug uh, the old Star Wars game was out of that Portland um, uh, arcade. That was great. Like some pinball is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely any of those games. Um it, Fighter. They're a treat. They're yeah. a treat. Um, and I'm just I I I will one day. Uh, it's always been my goal to buy an arcade game um for my house. I do think I would like to own Silent Scope Two, Dark Silhouette. Um, but. There's been others I've I've been looking at. There's a, a company called Arcade One Up actually that uh, builds home arcade machines and sells them through Walmart. So you can buy um, yeah a Rampage machine. It's not full scale, mm-hmm. but it's, it's pretty sizable. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and you can you can buy a Rampage machine and just have it sitting in your house or Dig Dug or you know Galaga, all this kind of stuff. So. I mean, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's, it's not the same social experience, but I don't know. There's just a, a piece of me that always wants to kind of hug and hold on to that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> um, if we all chip in right now, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game for uh, the low, low price of $8,900. <laughs> Ooh.
3: No, I'll keep saying it for my camera I <laughs> <and> told <that's laughs> you guys about
0: <laughs> uh, I have the... a single dollar in my wallet at the moment. <laughs> hey, anything that's for the a contribution cost. There yeah. you go, man. the the hardest thing really is the cost
2: because I think yeah. there are a lot of people out there that still have sunk cost into those machines um, and they're trying to recoup probably a little bit too much but I've seen some on eBay go for under a thousand dollars which I think is pretty reasonable um, but the hardest thing is they're always local pickup only because they're very very heavy yeah, yeah you'd have to um, pick
3: those kind of things up yourself and, and, and... Yeah, I think it's most of them are going to be around a thousand dollars for a working one. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, like a Miss Pac-Man that's working, those can go. I, I don't even know how much they go for anymore. Too um, much. I know it's, it's it's one of the rarest games to have. I think it's Miss Pac-Man. It's, it might it's be like just a,
0: a, Pac-Man with a bow, people. I, it was <laughs> a lipstick. specific one,
3: and uh, like there's people who would buy. Pack. I, mean, I actually saw this on Pawn Stars earlier which is hilarious like literally a, a few hours ago I was watching an episode of Pawn Stars um, and they said that people would buy the Pac-Man machine because the internals were all the same as Miss Pac-Man and then they would like basically try to get the right software installed into the same hardware and then just take off the plate and put the plate on that they bought or whatever and basically convert it into a Miss Pac-Man machine because mm-hmm. it was worth more money so like it was it, uh, obviously Pawn Stars was going really fast through the whole um, topic. But yeah, apparently people would do that kind of thing. I think Ms. Pac-Man is one of the most valuable uh, arcade games.
2: I, uh, I did just find a Silent Scope EX arcade machine on eBay. Uh, it is a bid, but it's starting the bidding at $700. Ooh. You know what? So... That's not bad. Tempting. Yeah. Tempting. With free shipping, of course, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's freight shipping that is not listed. Um yeah, but there's depend. another one uh, have, like deep uh dark there's another one that's dark silhouette that's a thirteen hundred dollar buy it now, which is actually not a bad deal either, but that's also prior to freight shipping. Yeah, so but it's probably another like hundreds. <laughs> She'll let me do it. That's okay. why I love her.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My wife would kill me if I was like, hey, I'm going to do all these. The, the the footprint is, is the problem. It, you know, not only for arcade places, but also for, for normal people. But there are, like we said, you know, 40-year-old-ish men around that age because just a few years older than us who actually went to the arcade all the time, played all these games when they were like teenagers. That was their spot. And they don't have kids. And they're like, I'm going to buy them. The one that I know. He has like <laughs> or he had at least like eight to 12 machines in his basement he was like it's my own personal arcade everything's free he like had a little like bar tabley stool kind of thing going on and like you could have drinks and stuff it was really cool that's cool um, the kind of thing that he did um so it's, it's, it's I... for me it's become more of a hobby based thing but there are still Dave and Buster's I hope they keep doing well um it's a great place for corporate events my my company oh yeah um, which I prefer not to say for obvious reasons. But my company um, actually did a sponsored event there for a team building event, and uh, it went Jimbo Steaks. Mike yes. Fleming works for
2: Jimbo's Steaks Incorporated out of Mississauga, <laughs> Mississippi.
3: Sounds about right. It's very close. Cheese steaks, though, get it right, my friend.
2: Oh, Mississippi doesn't have cheese steaks, my friend. It's just Jimbo Steaks. They but, add the cheese later. But yeah, Florida.
3: corporate events at those kind of things will keep going. Uh, I. I I don't want to see them all go away, and I really hope, and I I don't expect places like movie theaters and stuff to get rid of them, because they have the space anyway, why not throw those games in there, because they already own the machines or whatever, that's the other thing too, sorry, a lot of them will not own the machines directly, somebody else will own the machines, and they'll offer the location, and then split the profits or whatever, Um, so I've seen that happen too, and I bet you a lot of movie theaters do that kind of thing.
2: Interestingly enough, I actually wonder um, what will happen to movie theaters, because I personally am reasonably uh, convinced that movie theaters are going to die after yeah. COVID-19, so I kind of wonder if there might be a new renaissance of arcades at some point where you know they'll strip out some movie theaters and do a little bit more there where you could get some social gaming together where um, maybe they put some larger scale kind of games on a huge screen like that or something like that.
1: Mini-golf, man. Um,
2: oh. Social oh, distance yeah. at
3: its home, best. Home uh, or inside mini-golf and stuff
2: yeah. like that. I, I would love to go play mini-golf right now. I love mini-golf.
1: Same.
0: <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I played mini-golf. Was it at your bachelor weekend, Fleming? I plumbing? think that was the last <laughs> no, time I played mini-golf. No, golf. I have played since then, but yeah,
3: it's been six years almost to... Uh, almost to the day it was I think July of 2014 that we went mini golfing so if, that, if you haven't played since then yeah I think I played like a year or two after that so not quite as long but I miss mini golfing too I no. miss arcades I miss mini golfing I miss the movies I love the movies I love popcorn
1: so. I miss leaving my house me too <laughs>
0: COVID-19 <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a well, great topic Pinto yeah thank you for indulging me it. on that
1: great job
2: i great job i go support your local arcade
0: if you have one
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, once to, covid19
2: to that, is over to that
1: point you know dave and
3: busters is a pretty big business i don't know how much they're worth on the stock market i know they're a public company let's say they're worth a billion dollars that might be totally off but let's just say a billion support your local arcades first you know yeah. your local places they need that help especially after covid um, finally mm-hmm. lifts and everything um so I, I the, the price is going to be comparable, you know, it's, it might not be exactly the same, but you're probably going to get better service and better food anyway. So support your local arcade. If you're thinking about,
0: about going to those things, that's, that's Mike, that's Mike Fleming's, uh, PSA. That's my Our, hot local, take. our local arcade turned into a Buffalo wild wings. Well
3: then go get <laughs> some wings, man. <laughs> oh ball, yeah. Megan. Yeah.
0: I wonder they did recently open up a uh, a bar slash arcade where we it's live. It's not that great. Okay. You went but I right. I also
1: went like within the first couple of months of it being open, but like the game selection is it's fair. Um and it's all quarters and they didn't the, the actual change machines weren't working, so <laughs> you would have to like chase down like, the bartender or, like, the waitress and be like, hey, can I exchange this $10 bill for quarters? Um, <laughs> it, it just, it wasn't, I, I don't know how it, it it was later on, but it was—it was it was all right. And I don't like saying that because it's a local place and it's an arcade and I love it, but it could have been a little bit better with the selection of games.
2: This is... Tom, chiming in with your financial report of David Buster's net worth, Uh, it appears that COVID-19 has not been kind to David Buster's as it fell from a worth of $1.5 billion at the beginning of the year to roughly uh, $0.38 billion right now. So it's lost. So $380 Yep. (laughs) If we do the math, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just there in terms of billions. Yeah, but no, I yeah, it. It, it's, 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 that's a That's a huge loss. actually. Yeah, that huge that loss. Patrick Mahomes just signed a contract worth more than what Dave and Buster's is
3: worth. That is true. <laughs> so.
1: it is. Yeah, it'll is, be interesting uh, to see what survives.
0: Yeah, it really uh, will. This be. is Mike Pinto's opinion piece uh, Stop paying athletes so much. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't think they I put, put their really bodies that. on the line.
3: Probably, I don't care. They want. <laughs> Okay, we are very close to time,
0: and I think Josh's going to have this massive debate. about sports games. No one should kind of make that, that much money. We'll fight about this on a Tuesday. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think before Tom and I start yelling at each other more, we'll end this <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Please do all the social media stuff. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at joypadpod. Follow the YouTube channel at Joypad, where there are many Let's Plays up featuring one and or all of us. Uh,
1: Anything else? Check out our Twitter. Oh, God. Why
0: do we do
2: something with I'll, that? I, I, buy I'll an take arcade it over. machine for no reason.
1: Or buy one for us. Oh, oh yeah. Donate yeah. one to the group. Yeah. We'll take one. We'll take one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Unexpected philanthropy from our listeners is our favorite form of outreach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but do the stuff. Comment, like, subscribe. Leave us a review if you're into that. Give us some stars. We'd like to, you know, know how we're doing. It doesn't have to be great, but, you know. It can be one. Be yeah.
2: constructive. Just yeah. tell me yeah. how slappable my face is. <laughs> Very. <It's fine.
1: laughs> I know. Or right. if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, I don't know, let us know, and maybe we'll ignore it or talk about it. We'll see.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good idea, because eventually we're going to start running try and be like, guys, I don't know what to talk about.
3: Eventually. Oh, don't worry, man. I got a list. So do <laughs> I. Talk
2: about athletic salaries. <laughs> Which is very gaming-related. Of course.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I think that's about it. So, until next week, what do we say?
1: Stay joyful, everybody. Ooh. Goodbye. That was time. Goodbye. Bye! Bye!